Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Mercenaries Woman, Chapter 7. Ed was disturbed by the message he in intercepted from Lopez. He knew even better than Sally did that it wasn't an idle threat. The drug lord, like his minions, were merciless. He had countless enemies neutralized, and he wouldn't hesitate because Jessica was a woman. Just the month before his arrest, he had the leader of a drug-dealing gang disposed of for cheating him. It was chilling even for a professional soldier to know what depths a human being could sink to in the name of greed. He and Dallas started planning for the certainty of an attack. The Johnson home place was isolated, but it had plenty of cover where men could hide. Evan intended on having people in place long before Lopez hired goons could find a safe passage to the house to carry out the madman's orders. Anything else would be impossible. Since he knew Jessica would never sacrifice her informant's life, even to save herself and her family. I think we can safely assume that these men aren't professionals, Dallas said quietly. The way, their way will be to wait in shooting. Ebb's pale eyes now. I wouldn't bet the lives of two women and a child on that, he replied. Lopez knows I'm here, that I have trained professionals working for me. He also knows that I'm why Jessica talked Sally into moving back here in the first place. He's ruthless, but he isn't stupid. When he comes after Jessica, he'll send the best people he's got. Point taken, Dallas said heavily. I suppose it was wishful thinking. He glanced wearily at him. We could bring all three of them over here. Sure we could, but it would only pro postpone the inevitable. Lopez doesn't quit. He'll look at it as a setback and find another way to get to them. Besides, they can't stay here indefinitely. Sally has a job and Stevie has to go to school. Dallas stared into the distance, quiet and thoughtful. Stevie doesn't like me. He remembered. He told his mother he was learning karate so that he could work me over. He shot a half-amused glance in that direction. Spunky kid. <laughs> yes, he is, I said. Pity he has to grow up without a father. And before you fly off at me, he interrupted Dallas's ex explanation. I know Jessica didn't tell you whose child he was, but you know now. I know. Dallas muttered early. For all the good it does me, she won't even discuss it. The minute I walk in the door, she climbs up and stays that way until I leave. I can barely get her to say hello and goodbye. <laughs> then she cries herself to sleep at night because you hate her. The blonde man's dark eyes wide. What? <laughs> That's why Stevie wants to deck you. Ed said simply. He's very protective of his mother. Dallas seemed to calm down a little. Imagine that. <laughs> he mused. Well, well. So she isn't quite as disinterested as she pretends. He stuck his hands into his pockets and leaned back against the wall. No chance she'll turn him the guy who ratted on Lopez, I gather. Not one in a million, he studied the other man for a moment. You're really worried. Of course I am. I've seen the aftermath of Lopez's vendettas. Dallas said courtly. What worries me most is that if someone's willing to trade his life or his freedom to get you to you, he can. No protection is adequate against a determined killer. Then our then ours will make history, Ed promised him. Let us let's go over to Side Park's place and wanna see if he's got a way to contact that guy in Mexico who used to work as mercenary with Dutch Van Meer and Diego Lamaris back in the eighties. He went on to do work infiltrating drug cartels. JD Brentman led that mercenary group. Dallas for Colgrill. He's a Supreme Court judge in Chicago these days. Imagine that. 
I heard that Van Mira lives with his wife and kids in the northwest Rocky Mountains on a ranch. What about Lamar's MS? He and his family live in the Yucatan. He's given up children too. Soldiering too, she said. Those guys were younger than us when they started and they made fortunes. It was a different game back then. Times have changed. So have the rules. We never get away with some of the stunts those guys pulled and felt in his pocket for Chucky. All of us met them, but Zai and Diego Lamar's got to know each other well several years back when Zai was doing a little job down around Cancun for a wealthy yachtsman. He may know the professional shoulder, soldier who helped the friend of Lamar's escape some nasty pot, pot hunters and a kidnapper. Do I know this friend? Dallas wanted to know as they headed out there. You'd probably know of him. Canton Rook. Good lord, Mr. Software, Dallas explained. The guy who lost everything and then regroup and now has a corporation in the 14500. That's him. Turns out the new Mrs. Rourke's parents are university professors who've devoted summers to Mayan digs in the Yucatan. It's a long story, but this Mexican agent does a little freelance work. He'll be an asset in this sort of operation. He might even have some contacts we can use. That's so. Eb got in and started the truck. He glanced at Dallas. Besides that, he's done undercover work on narcotic smuggling for the Mexican government and lived to tell about it. That proves how good he is. A lot of undercover people can't get can get killed. He's just what we need if we can get him. I don't imagine the DEA is going to tell us who their undercover guy is or what he finds out. Exactly. That's where I hope Sai is going to come going to come in. He doesn't like any of the old associates very much anymore, but considering the danger Lopez poses, he might be willing to help us. Pity about his arm. Ib shot him where he landed. Yes, but it's a lucky break it wasn't the arm he uses. They drove over to Side Park's ranch and found him watching his young foreman, Harley, doctoring a sick bull yearling in the barn. He was lounging against one of the posts that supported the imposing structure his hat low over his eyes his arms folded over a broad chest one booted foot rested on a rail of the gate that enclosed the stall where his man was busy he turned his evan dallas shirt down the neat chipped barked covered floor to join him he too out sightseeing side drawled without smiling his green eyes narrowed and curious not today we need a name Who's the guy who worked with your friend Diego Lamaros out near Chechenitsyn? I think he might be just what we need to infiltrate Lopez's cartel. Sai Cyrus, Rodrigo, you must be out of your mind. He said it was. Why? Good God. Cyrus, Diego says. Diego says that he's such a renegade. Nobody will hire him anymore. Not even for black cops. What did he do? Dallas asked aware that the young man in the stall had perked up and was suddenly listening unashamedly. For a start, he crashed a Huey out in the UK last year. So I said that didn't endanger him to his that didn't endear him to a certain government agency agency which was running him. Then he blew up an entire buttload of powdered cocaine off of Cosmelia that the authorities were trying to confiscate. Millions worth, and 
and between he wrecked a, fire, a few hired cars in various chases, hijacked a plane, and he broke into a government field office. He walked off with a couple classified files and several thousand dollars worth of high-tech listening devices that you can't even buy unless you're in law enforcement. After that, he went berserk in a bar down in Panama, put two men in the hospital, just before he obsequied with a suitcase full of unlaundered drug money that belonged to Manuel Lopez. Are we talking about the same Rodrigo that the feds called, used to call Mr. Cool? Ebbs was evident surprise. That isn't what they call him these days, I said flatly. Mr. Liability would be more like it. He was with Lamaros and Van Mayer in Africa back in the early 80s. Evercall. They left, but he signed on with another outfit and kept going. That's when he started working freelance for the feds. Sorry, continued. At least that's what Diego said. Yet, yeah, for Harley's benefit, didn't want his young employee to know about his past. Anybody know why Rodrigo went bananas in Panama? Dallas asked. Sorry, there are a lot of rumors, but nothing concrete. He studied the other two with pursed lips. If you want him for undercover work to indict Lopez, he'd probably pay you to hire him on. He hates Lopez. Eb glanced past Cy at Harley, whose mouth was hung open. Don't mind him, Cy told his companions with a mocking smile. He's a mercenary, too. He added dryly. Harley scrambled to his feet. Can I hire on? He burst out. Listen, I know those names. Vimir, Britman, Lamurcus. They were legends. <sighs> Put the top back on the medicine before you spill it, I told the young man calmly. As for the other, that's up to Ebb. It's his party. Harley fumbled the lid back on the bottom. Mr. Scott? He asked, pleading. Oh, I guess we can find you something to do. Ebb was. Ebb said amused. Then the smile faded, and his whole look was threatening. This, But this is strictly on the QT. You breathe one word of it locally, and you're out on your ear. You got that? Harley nodded eagerly. Sure. And you'll work for him only after you do your chores. Here, Sai said firmly. I run cattle, not commandos. Yes, sir. Sai exchanged a complicated glance with Ebb. I've got the last number I had for um, Rodrigo in my office. I'll go get it. He left the other three men in the barn. Harley was almost dancing with excitement. I'll be an acid, sir, honestly, he told Ebb. I can shoot anything that has bullets and use a knife, and I know a little martial arts. Ebjo, son, we don't need an assassin. We're collecting intelligence. The boy's face fell. Oh. Running gun battles aren't a big part of the business. That was said without cracking a smile. You shoot anybody these days, even a criminal, you can find yourself behind bars. Hurry, look, Chuck. But, but I read about it all that time. There's exciting battles in Africa. Exciting. Ebb's eyes were steady and quiet. Why, sure. Harley's eyes lit up. You know, testing your courage under fire. The boy's eyes were gleaming with excitement, and Em knew then for certain that he'd never seen anyone shot. Probably the closest he'd come to was listening to an instructor, probably a retired mercenary talking about combat. Hurley noticed an employer coming out of the house and grinned. I hope Mr. Parks meant what he said. He's not much of an on adventure, you see. He's sort of sarcastic when I mention where I went on my vacation out in the field in the Central America with a group of mercenaries. It was great. So I wasn't enthusiastic, I gather. Nah, Harley said heavily. He's just a rancher. Even if he knows Mr. Lamaris, he sure doesn't know what it's like to really be a soldier of fortune. But we do, don't we? He asked the other two with a grin. 
Eb and Dallas glanced at each other and managed not to laugh. Quite obviously, Harley believed that Cy's information about Rodrigo was second hand and not, no idea what Cy did before he became a rancher. Cy joined them, presenting a slip of paper with a number on it prep. That's the last number I have, but the relay in, I'm sure. He's still ill from Lamero's, Eb asked his friend. Every year at Christmas, I sat on. We've got three kids now, and the eldest is in high school. He shook his head. I'm getting old. Not you, have challenged. We'd better go, Dallas said Jacob. So we had. What about me? Harley asked excitedly. We'll be in touch when the time comes. Ed promised him, and oddly, it sounded more like a threat. Sai saw, ah, Sai saw them off. Came back to take one last look at the bull. Good job, Harley. He said, approving the treatment. You'll make a rancher yet. Harley closed the bull in his stall and latched the gate. How do you know Mr. Lamaris, sir? He asked her. Oh, we had a mutual acquaintance, he said without meeting the other man's eyes. Diego still keeps in touch with the old group, so he knows what's going on in the intelligence field. He added deliberately. I see. I thought it was probably something like that. Harley said absently and went to work on the calf with the sores in the next stall, reaching for the pills that were commonly called eggs to dose it with. So I looked after the smug young man with amusement. Harley had his boss pegged as a retired stained rancher with no backbone and only an outsider's familiarity with the world of covert operations. He'd think that Sai had gotten all that information from Lamaros, and for the present, it suited Sai very well to let him think so. But if Harley had in mind an adventure with Eb and the others, he was in, real, he was in for a real shock. In the company of those men, he was going to be more uncomfortable than he dreamed right now. Some lessons, he told himself, was better learned through experience. When they got back to the ranch, Eb phoned the number Sai had given him. There was a long pause and then a quick, deep voice given instructions. Eb was to leave his name and number and hang up immediately. He did. Seconds later, his phone rang. You run that strategy and tactics going Texas, the deep voice said evenly. Yes. I read about it on one of the intelligence sit reps. He returned, shortening the name for situation reports. I thought you were one of those vacation mercs who sat at a desk all week and liked to play at war a couple weeks a year, till I spoke to Lamaros. He remembers you, along with another Jacobsville resident named Parks. Sai and I used to work together with Dallas Kirk and Micah Steele. Eb replied quietly. I don't know them, but I know Parks. If you're looking for someone to do black ops, I'm not available. He said Courtley was one of the, only a trace of an act. I don't do oversized work anymore, either. There's a fairly large price on my head in certain Latin American circles. It isn't a foreign job. I want someone to go undercover here in Texas and really relay intelligence from a drug, drug cartel, he said flatly. There's a long pause. I'd find someone with a terminal illness for that sort of work, Rodrigo replied. It's usually fatal. Cy Parks told me you'd probably jump at the chance to do this job. Oh, that's rich. What job would that be? The drug lord I want intelligent on is Emmanuel Lopez. I'm trying to put him back in prison permanently. The intake of breaths on the other end was audible, followed by a description of Lopez that questioned his ancestry, his paternity, his morals, and various other facets of his life in both Spanish and English. That's the very Lopez I'm talking about. Every pad dryly. Interesting. And killing him, yes. Putting him back in prison, well, he can still run the cartel from there. While he's in there, his organization could be successfully infiltrated and destroyed from within.
Epp suggested, dangling the idea like a carrot on a string. In fact, the reason we're under the gun in Jacobsville right now is because a friend of our group is protecting the identity of an intimate of Lopez who sold him out to the DEA. Keep talking. Rodrigo said it once. Lopez is trying to kill a former governor agent who coaxed one of his intimate friends to help her get the hard evidence to put him in prison. He's only out on a legal technicality, and he's apparently using his temporary freedom to dispose of her and her informant. What about the so-called hard evidence? Rodrigo asked. My guess is that it'll disappear before the retrial if he manages to get rid of the witness and destroy the evidence. He'll never go back to prison. In fact, he's already skipped on. Don't tell me. They said bailed a million dollars, and he paid it out of petty cash. Came the sarcastic reply. Exactly. There was a brief hesitation in his eye. Well, in that case, I suppose I'm working for you. Hip smile. I'll put you on the payroll. Fine. But you can forget about retirement benefits if I go undercover. Hip chocolate chuckles awfully. There's just one thing. We've heard that you and Lopez have a common interest at one time. He said, putting it as delicate as he could. Does he know what you look like? There was another pause, and when the force came back, it was strange. No. You can be sure of that. This won't be easy, I've told him. Be sure you're willing to take the risk before you agree. I'm quite sure. I'll see you tomorrow. The line went dead. Ep took Sally out to dinner that night, driving the slick new black Jaguar S that he liked to use when he went to town. We'll go to Houston, if that suits you. She agreed. He looked devastating in a dinner jacket, and she was shy and uneasy with him after what she'd learned about his fiancée. In fact, she told herself she wasn't going to be alone with him ever again. Yet here she sat. Resolve was hard when emotions were involved. His feelings for the woman he planned to marry were unmistakable, and his voice when he talked about her, and now that she was free, he might have a second chance. Knowing that part of him had never gotten over his fiancée's deficit, defection sally was reluctant to risk her heart on him again she kept a smiling pleasant but determined distance between them eb noticed the resistance but didn't understand its purpose he could hardly take his eyes off her tonight his green eyes kept returning to linger on her pretty black cocktail dress under the long red lined black velvet coat she wore with it her hair was in a neat chingin at her nap and she looked lovely are you sure this is a good idea? Sally asked. I know Dallas will take care of Jess and Stevie, but it seems risky to go out at night with Lopez and his men around. He's a vicious devil, he replied, but he's absolutely predictable. He'll give Jessica until exactly midnight Saturday. He won't do one thing until the deadline. And one minute past midnight, he added quickly, there will be an assault. Sadly, Sally wrapped her arms closer around her body. How do we end up with people like that in the world? We forget that all lives are interconnected in some way. That selflessness and greed are, no, are not desirable traits. What good will it do, Lopez, to kill Jessica and us? She asked curiously. I know he's angry at her, but if she's dead, she can't sell him anything. He's going to be settled. He's going to be setting an example, he said. Of course, he probably thinks she'll give up the name to save her child. He'll answer Sally. Would you? I wouldn't have a hard, I wouldn't have a hard time choosing between my child and someone who'd already turned against his own people. She admitted. Jessica says there's extenuating circumstances. He told her. She stared at her fingers. I know she won't even tell me who the person was. She glanced. She's probably covering all our bases. If I knew who it was.
He made a sound deep in his throat. You're turning the person over to Lopez. She shifted restlessly. I might. Cows might fly. He knew her too well. She laughed softly. I wish there was another way out of this. That's all. I don't want Stevie hurt. He won't be. He reached across to clasp her cold hand gently in hers and pressed it. I'm putting together a network. Lopez isn't going to be able to move without being in someone's line of sight from now on. I wish she'd be in. Don't wish your life away. You have to take the bad with the good. That's what life is. Good times don't make us strong. She grimaced. No, I guess they don't. She leaned her head back against the headrest and drank in the smell of the leather. I love the way new cars smell, she said conversationally. And this one is just super. <laughs> it has a few minor modifications, he said absently. She turned her head toward him with a wicked grin. Don't tell me. The headlights retract and become machine gun ports. The tailpipe leaves oil slicks. And the passenger seat is really an ejectable projectile. He laughed. Not quite. Spoil sport. <laughs> you need to stop watching old James Bond movies, he pointed out. The world has changed since the 60s. Her eyes studied his profile quietly. He was still handsome. Well, he was still handsome well into his 30s, and he glorified, and he, and he glorified evening clothes. She knew that she couldn't look forward to anything permanent with him, but sometimes just looking at him was almost enough. He was devastating. He caught that such serenity and glanced at her, joined the shy admiration in her gray eyes. Can you dance? he asked. I'm not in a class with Matt Caldwell on a dance floor, she teased, but I can hold my own, I suppose. Are we going dancing? We're going to a supper club where they have an orchestra and a dance floor, he said. A sophisticated place with a few carefully placed friends of mine. I should have known. <laughs> You'll like it, he promised. You'll never spot them. They blend in. You don't blend, she murmured dryly. If that's a compliment, thank you, he said. It was. You won't blend either, he said in a low, soft tone. She clenched her small bag tightly in her lap, feeling the softness right through her body. It made her giddy to think of being held in his arms on a dance floor. It was something she dreamed about in her senior year of high school, but it had never happened. As if it would have, she couldn't really picture Ebb at a high school prom. She sure... You're sure, Je You're sure Jess and Stevie will be okay? She asked as he pulled off the main highway and onto a Houston city street. I'm sure. Dallas is inside and I have a few people outside. But I meant what I said. He had us home. Lopez won't do a thing until midnight tomorrow. She supposed that was sort of a knowledge of the enemy that came from long experience and dangerous profession. But she couldn't help worrying about her family. If anything happened while she was away, she'd never forgive herself. The club was just off the main thoroughfare and so discreet that it wouldn't have drawn attention to itself. The electric cars in the parking lot were an intimidation of what was inside. Inside, the sound of music came from a room off the main hallway. There was a bar and a small coffee shop, apart from the restaurant. Inside, an employee in a dinner jacket led them into the restaurant, which ringed, which ringed the central dance floor, where a small jazz ensemble played lazy blue tunes for several couples who were dancing. This is really spectacular, she told Eb when they were seated near a small indoor waterfall with tropical plants blooming around it. It is, isn't it? He asked, leaning back to study her with a warm smile. I have to admit, it's one of my favorite haunts when I'm in Houston. I can see why. She searched his eyes in a long, tense silence. He didn't smile. His eyes narrowed as they locked into hers. She could almost hear her own heart beating. 
Beating, beating. Why, Eb, came a soft voice behind Sally. What a coincidence to find you here in one of our old favorite night spots. Without another word being spoken, Sally knew the identity of the newcomer. It couldn't be anyone except Eb's ex-wife. Ex-fiance, I mean. End of chapter 7.